and welcome to the Empowered Female Podcast. I am Hannah Walker, I'm a female fitness coach specialising in cyclical fitness, helping fellow women and mums hack their hormones to maximise their training results. So welcome to my first ever podcast. Woohoo! These podcasts are going to be around 30 minutes long, so you can listen to them while you are on a walk, on a run, or doing washing up, or whilst you are ignoring your kids and pretending you are on a work call. So this podcast is divided into two halves. So you can't have your fun pudding until you've eaten your educational vegetables. So the first half of this podcast is full of science-backed, easy to understand education about your hormones and the effects they have on your body. So I want you to take away this information and use it as your superpower in your training. The second half is when my lovely friend Kelly Wade joins me and we read out your hilarious period related stories that you have kindly sent in, in an attempt to normalise what are considered embarrassing scenarios involving your period, your tampons, your pads or your moon cups. So let's get into the educational vegetables to explain the peak week to build muscle on your cycle. So first things first, I want to clarify that your menstrual cycle runs to its own timeline. If you are someone who says this, and so many of the ladies I coach tell me this when we first talk, oh, my period comes around the end of every month. I want to clarify that your cycle is completely independent of the calendar months. And when you start tracking it on any of the awesome cycle trackers out there, you will start to see that you have your own timeline and it may not align with the calendar months as much as you may have thought. So I'm going to start with a brief outline of your menstrual cycle broken down into four weeks. So the following information is based on a standardized 28 day menstrual cycle. If your menstrual cycle isn't 28 days, which is incredibly normal, it may be longer or shorter, then see the weeks I'm discussing as phases instead. So the four phases of your cycle may have more or less days in them than the weeks I will be chatting about, but chopping it into weeks helps to make more sense of the fluctuations that I will be explaining. The first two weeks of your cycle are called your follicular phase, because this is when a follicle forms on your ovary. The second two weeks of your cycle are called your luteal phase, because one Once the follicle has matured, it pops out an egg at ovulation, and the follicle that released the egg develops into a structure called the corpus luteum, hence the name, the luteal phase. Very clever, really. So day one of your cycle is the first day of your period. I know, we get no downtime from this roller coaster. It is continuous. So day one of your period is day one, week one of your cycle. So in week one, you may have finished bleeding to death and feeling really grotty, around day five, earlier if you're lucky, and in this week, your hormone estrogen begins to rise. Progesterone rises a tiny bit and your testosterone stays quite leveled here. So moving into week two, at around day seven, and your estrogen surges and peaks at the end of this week. Alongside this, progesterone is slowly on the rise, and as estrogen peaks at the end of week two, so does your testosterone. So this peak in estrogen causes ovulation to occur. So you'll be popping out an egg mid-cycle around day 14-ish. So this, ladies, thanks to that spike in testosterone, is when your sex drive is likely to be at its highest, which is why everyone's partner should learn their cycle because you will have more fun here. It is also mother's nature, I can't say it. It is also mother nature's way of encouraging you to procreate as your egg is ready. You may also find that just before your period, you have a sudden urge to have the sex, the hibbity dibbity, the HD as my best friend calls it. 
And this has definitely started happening to me, the older I've got. I think it's Mother Nature's, I cannot say this, Mother Nature's way of telling me I'm getting older and I need more opportunities to make babies. But it's a hard no from me. Thanks anyway. I'll just have a great time without the sleepless nights all over again. Week three of your cycle sees a massive drop in estrogen after ovulation, a drop in testosterone and a steep rise in your progesterone. So at the end of week three, progesterone is at its peak and estrogen rises again, but this time to half its peak of week two. You get to week four and this sees both estrogen and progesterone decline unless your little egg meets a sperm friend and this drop in these two hormones causes your womb lining to shed and you are back to day one, week one of your cycle. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> there is no time off. We go again. So the week we're going to focus on as your peak week for building muscle during your cycle is week two because of all the testosterone um, and a few other things such as estrogen. But we will start with the testosterone peak. So testosterone is an androgen, which refers to any hormone with masculinizing or androgenic effect. So whilst often thought of as a male hormone, women do produce testosterone predominantly in the ovaries in the same way, actually, that men produce a small amount of estrogen and progesterone. So testosterone has an anabolic tissue building effect on the body, which makes it the perfect time to lift heavy weights, push your strength limits in your training, build muscle and increase your strength. So at the same time you have this peak in testosterone, estrogen is at its highest. So estrogen has so many things that it does um, and it does a lot more each cycle than just pop out a little egg. So it actually plays a significant role in muscle growth and repair and it acts to help remodel and rebuild skeletal muscle. So skeletal muscle is the muscle that you are working super hard to build in the gym to become a bona fide beefcake, or that might just be me. The estrogen stimulates muscle repair and regenerative processes, including the activation and proliferation of satellite cells. But what the hell are satellite cells? Satellite cells are sent to the site of muscle damage. So post-workout, you've done your workout, you've broken muscle fibers down, ca caused little tiny tears in them, and your body sends over the satellite cells and they contribute to the maintenance of muscle mass, the regeneration and hypertrophy, which is the increase in muscle size. So estrogen is also, alongside helping the muscles, it is a major player in increasing bone density. So high estrogen alongside strength training is an awesome combination. And it also makes you realize that when women go through menopause and their estrogen levels decline or fall off a cliff, this is why they are at risk of osteoporosis. So it also helps, there's just no end to estrogen's amazing abilities. It helps to prevent inflammation. So you might get away with less DOMS post-workout. So delayed onset of muscle soreness, sort of the day after the day after when you can't actually walk down the stairs or sit on the toilet. Um, and it may actually limit muscle damage itself. So reducing muscle soreness. So it's a pretty potent combination at this point in your cycle. You have tissue building testosterone and you have protective regenerative estrogen at their peaks at the same time. You're like a powerhouse. At this point in your cycle, you are likely to feel great 
because when estrogen is high, so are your serotonin and dopamine levels. So when dopamine is released in our brain, we feel a sense of temporary pleasure and serotonin creates a long lasting feeling of happiness or well-being. You are also going to be really happy about how many workouts you can do in that week of your cycle. So estrogen plays a significant role in cognition and mental function. So you're going to feel more mentally resilient. You are going to be able to spin more plates, take on bigger challenges, and you are going to be in a great place physically and mentally to increase the number of training sessions you get in on week two of your cycle. This can also like trickle over into week three it doesn't stop instantly obviously your estrogen is going to drop once you've ovulated but you might feel these benefits continue into week through into week three which is great take full advantage so at this point in your cycle on week two you will have the ability to train harder recover properly of course enough water enough protein enough sleep but use your estrogen and testosterone peaks to PB your lifts, to increase the endurance element of your training or up the speed or distance of your running. Whatever type of training you are doing and for whatever sport, race or event you are training for, on week two of your cycle, you can really push your personal limits. So your body can take it. It's fueled with maximal estrogen and testosterone. You're an animal essentially at this point in your cycle and there is no stopping you. So use this week as your training superpower. If you track your cycle or you are starting to track your cycle and you start to see the changes in your strength and energy in line with these hormone fluctuations, you will start to feel that surge of energy, that surge of testosterone, that surge of estrogen that is going to make you a powerhouse in your training. You are at your mental and physical peak on week two of your cycle, so go and use it wisely. Training, obviously, that's what you're going to be doing. So now you have had your educational vegetables, I am going to treat you with some hilarious stories that you have sent in. Thank you, thank you for your stories. They are, and they have been brilliant, and we have more for future podcasts. Um, So we can have a laugh, and we can normalise the what was once considered embarrassing scenarios involving your period, tampons, pads, moon cups, in any scenario that it has occurred for you. This is the second half of the podcast when I am joined by my lovely friend, Kelly Wade. Welcome along, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm looking forward to these hilarious stories, hopefully. So, Kelly, I have read these stories. Kelly hasn't seen them or read them. I'm so intrigued. I think it'll be quite funny to get your reaction. Um, the reason I want to do these stories is because I, we need to normalise the fact that there are these, I want to call them hilariously embarrassing situations around yeah. our cycles, but they shouldn't be embarrassing because we all have them. Yeah. So I feel like it should just be hilarious scenarios exactly with your period we've got quite a few good ones actually okay hit me okay first story hello ladies have i got a story for you when i was younger i'd like to point out this lady is remaining anonymous they all are (laughs) when i was younger a lot younger i used to show jump horses i was competing one weekend and it just so happened to be on my period which is just classic isn't it when you need to do anything important as a woman you're gonna have your period when you're roller skating Yeah, you could do everything on your body going. <laughs> A few jumps in with my horse and I could feel my tampon starting to come <sighs> out. It got so distracting and slightly painful that I shoved my hand down my joppers, tugged it out and threw it in a bush as I rode past. No. Oh my <laughs> God. I genuinely think that's actually genius. Because you know that pain. The when confidence it... though. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm guessing it was on part of the bit where there wouldn't, and if she was a child, it wouldn't have been in front of. It wasn't like an no. Olympic situation. Well, yeah, can you imagine that? Like, yeah. What is she doing now? <laughs> yeah. But then I was thinking, aren't joppers like a light, yeah, sandy like a beige color? color? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, it's dangerous. But you know that pain when the mm, tampon well, hits your perineum. I mean, from the inside, I can never wear them because oh. of, of discomfort. So yeah, I can understand yeah. the discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, wow, I'm just I'm also very impressed that she's done it on horseback. Yeah, <laughs> I struggled to get one out of the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, she's there riding a horse with one hand, I mean, tampon out with yeah, the other. Hand. I mean, it's a bit of a superhero <laughs> story rather than a. I think it's quite clever. Yeah, I'd be very proud of that actually. <laughs> yeah. Very proud of you. Well done. Anonymous. Well done, Anon, yeah. Anon one. <laughs> I don't know how you steer a horse anyway, but I think it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't have a steering wheel. Is it with your thighs or something? So I'm not sure how yeah, you would... Yeah, Oh, yeah, squeezing the thighs. But how would you keep the horse on track whilst taking your time? But anyway, she did it. Yeah. She told me the story. Maybe we'll so to try and contact Anon and find out more. <laughs> yeah. We need more details. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another story that Kelly hasn't heard. I was busy, not me personally. This is another anonymous. <laughs> and on two. <laughs> and on two. I was busy getting down to the business of getting down with a newish boyfriend. We'd been dating for a few months at this point. I was just come to the end of my period, but enough of a period to have to have a tampon in. So as things started to heat up, <laughs> I took out my tampon so we could have the sex. <laughs> Very exciting. Oh. There's always that moment where you're like, is it, should I do it now, now? Okay, yeah, now's not yeah, as risky. Without, Let's go now. Without kind of wanting it to be gross, but at the same time, it's, it's just normal, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, you just what, have what to. Gross in that and situation? I've never met a man, as a heterosexual woman, <clears throat> I've never been in that situation, situation with a man that actually cares. Oh, God, no. Doesn't care. Yeah, they're like, no, can we just do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Let's put it all in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as things heated up, I took out my tampon so we could have some sex. As we started having sex, my boyfriend looked at me a bit puzzled and said, I think there's something in the way. <laughs> Confused, I reassured him I'd taken my tampon out, but oh. he said there was definitely something in the way. Oh, no. Cut to me in the bathroom with one leg on the toilet, fishing around for this something. <laughs> It turns out he was right. It was another tampon. So due to getting down, to the business of getting down, it was very easy. It wasn't very easy to get hold of as it was very slippery. Oh my God. (laughs) So she's there on her own in the bathroom trying to fish out the thing that's in the way, but turns out it's another tampon. Have you ever done it? No. And they're not wearing tampons. No, I've done it. How is that never? Do you not, I mean, does it not... Is it not painful? I've never understood how anyone that like when my friends have said, "Oh my god, I, put, I had two tampons in." I didn't realize. I'm yeah. like, "Well, how have you done that?" Like, one, how have you not seen the string to take it out when yeah. you went? And how have you got two up there? But I've done it. I went to the toilet, so I don't know how long this tampon was in there. Might have been in there like. <laughs> but don't you get what's that TSS or something? Yeah, like, toxic shot syndrome. It yeah, it's not for... sensible. Yeah, but it's quite um. It's I thought it was I literally think. like a day or two too long, rather than like, oh, that one's been up there since last month. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's last month. <laughs> I went to the toilet to change my tampon and I took one out and I looked down and there was another string and I was like, what? Oh, shit. What? However, I couldn't, what I couldn't understand is two, how, one, like how I'd yeah, done it, yeah. but two, how there were two just sort of quite happily up there. I was like, oh my God, is how it How big is that? <laughs> They've got little sofas. It's like when they put it in the, in the water, you're like, wow, is it that big up there? Like you just, Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that was my fear. I was like, 
I didn't feel that. Like, I should have felt that. Anyway, yeah, I've done it. So it is possible. Wow. Um, wow. I may have been in that scenario where oh I my goodness. got some help. Well, yeah, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Um, ruined the mood somewhat. Yeah. Get your forceps, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's more of like a medical exam. Week, <laughs> yeah. See you later. I also think it's the same with a lot of the aesthetic things that we concern ourselves with, yeah. like cellulite and stretch marks they don't see them no. like in heterosexual relationships and for people who I talk to about all of these things mm. they have never been with a guy that's like oh my goodness like look at your cellulite and like they don't even mention it because I've, it's normal yeah not one guy has ever mentioned my cellulite one guy did mention to me that I needed to tidy myself up after <laughs> literally after he told me that he wanted me to grow it out oh so I did grow it and then he was like oh you can tidy yourself up a bit and I was like <laughs> That is the very last time I ever did anything for another for a guy yeah. when it concerned my hair or whatever <laughs> I want down there. Grow it. No, I, I regret my decision. Yeah. I was like, no, never. <laughs> I've never met a man that's like, oh, yeah, I was dating this girl, but oh, she had too many stretch marks. I just yeah, don't think never. it's seen. I think it's something that the media and social media has hammered into our brains as females in that we are, do not have that level of perfection. I mean, but, we, but it like, isn't... we're in the age of when we grew up, everything, everyone was like stick skinny, everything oh, was perfect. This heroin chic photo Na- yeah, shot exactly. with Whereas an inch now, you look at H&M buying bikinis, everyone's got stretch marks. And I it's love like it. Absolutely amazing. Like yeah. A bit of a muffin top, bit of stretch marks. Like, well, yeah. that's what it would look like on me. So great. Yeah. That's I dated it. a guy years ago and he grew very quickly and he had quite big stretch marks mm. down his back, but I don't think I noticed them for maybe a month. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, we wouldn't be like, oh, I just caught them in the light and yeah. I was like, oh, well, he just grew. Yeah. Like, you have stretch marks on your boobs because your boobs grew. Or if yeah. you have kids, it's when your milk comes in. Like, mine I, I literally had mine, I got mine about, I must have been 17 or 18. And they, it was literally like someone had drawn with red biro on the back of it's my funny, thighs. isn't it? Yeah. I never knew they were there. And yeah. my boyfriend at the time said to me, like, what's wrong, what's wrong with your leg? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know, what is wrong with my leg? He was like, <laughs> you you've got me. like a red line on it. I was like, have I? And then I went to the doctors thinking there was something wrong. He was like, no, they're just I've got a vein marks. problem. I was like, stretch marks. So have, you lo- have you lost a lot of weight recently? I'd actually put on weight, but not It can so be growing much. as well if you've got but Yeah, but I think it was, yeah, because obviously I had all that kind of issues with growing too quickly and then my back being too long. <laughs> you know, <laughs> another story. Um, but but yeah. that's all it and is. Then he said, don't worry, they'll just turn silvery. So, I mean, I've literally dealt with stretch marks since I was 17, 18. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, my legs are there and you've got to put everything into perspective, haven't you? Of... And I just don't think we should waste any time stressing or worrying about it. I don't think that God, should no. be what we put our time into. Like Christ on a bike, like go and do <laughs> anything saying. else, anything else than think? sit there How many times and you... berate yourself yeah. for something that you have physically on your body that is working <laughs> perfectly at that exactly. moment and that you have an able body like you should just be using it to your advantage and the thing is how many times have you got to a stage in life and thought oh I wish I was like I was when I was 30 but when you were 30 you were hoping that you were like when you were 20 and and my favorite phrase you look back on yourself with kinder eyes who is setting off fireworks this is going to disturb how rude I should have let us know what what are they celebrating who knows um so my final story is quite funny it's from um a lady sent me this I actually know her from years and years ago So she writes, hi ladies, we were sat at the dinner table having dinner with family. I have three young young boys. So my youngest had finished his dinner, so he had got down from the table to play. A little while later, he runs into the room saying he'd found a nice purple cup. (laughs) He said it was his new drinking cup and he sat down drinking from it at the table. 
I told him it was mine. Please don't drink from it. But he totally ignored her. I then told him it was my period cup. (laughs) The blood goes in there. Then he threw the cup onto the table shouting, I hate blood. Yeah. That's quite funny. Fast forward 20 years to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I've never that used is, one. They terrify no, me. Terrify I know they're good me. for the environment, but like, I don't get it. I, don't I see the diagram, it, and it's going sideways, so it meets your cervix, but it all looks very horizontal in there, and I, I'm just terrified. I'm not even as obviously we've already said I don't use tampons. I've never like literally since I was like 13, I've had had issues with them. So what? They just don't suit some people. 30 years yeah. later, I don't. I, I don't even understand how you'd put stuff up there. I mean, obviously, <laughs> other than the obvious. But you know other I mean. than the odd vegetable. How I do you, I mean, does a moon, a moon cup, whatever they're called, do they have strings on as well? Or? No, they've got like a little peak at the bottom that you uh, pull it out with. But my fear is that you pull that out and it's like a bloodbath. Like that would be all over my hands. Yeah, like, how does it come I understand, out the you know, you want to help the environment. And then you have to boil it up. Ugh. I'm like, which pan do you choose? Or do you have Ugh. a specific pan? Don't use that one. That's my period cup pan. Yeah. Like, which, like, how do you do it? dishwasher? <laughs> We need some help. Ladies, any help? Yeah. You can uh, message I'm me. I'm sure they're great because I've heard a lot. Everything I've heard yeah, about them Yeah, friends of mine great. use them and they rave about them. Mm. And you spe- obviously save a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, God, do you think the amount of... Well, I know that they took the vat off of period products oh, a few... Wow. I don't know how long, many years ago it is yeah. now. But you think, when I was like, I don't know, in my 20s, I remember thinking, oh, three pounds every month. It is quite a lot. Like, you know, on every pack, whatever it was. And I used to yeah, go it's like through a good, good six, nine quid, yeah, really. I used to go through a good three packs a month when it was a good old eight-day period. These days, I'm lucky if I get a four-day. <laughs> I say lucky, but you know. Every um, pound. Yeah, old every age. Pound. But uh, they're now like a pound a pack. Which is mm. great, but still. Yeah. It's still an expense that we have to put up for. But yeah. I now use organic tampons. Um, oh. So anyone using tampons, when I had a whole ton of allergies and I was trying to get my eczema under control, I was chatting to one of my friends and I was talking about tampons and periods. And she said, do you use unbleached tampons? Yes. And I was like, Yeah, like what? unbleached cotton wool. Someone yeah. said that to me. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I don't know what that even is. And she said, you need to get unbleached tampons because yeah. essentially I could then be adding more chemicals through my vagina into my body. Yeah. And I was like, sorry, why are they not all unbleached? So now I buy like posh organic tampons and pads because... Yeah. Well, I've gone for the old um, washable cleansing pads now rather than oh. cotton wool. Because I didn't... I know it sounds ridiculous, but I didn't really For your face or your fanny? Yeah, for my face. Yeah. <laughs> not your fanny. I'm not cleansing my fanny every night. <laughs> Don't do anything to your fanny, just wash it. Minge. But, yeah, no, for my face. And... <laughs> my yeah, face, I know. My I was kind of undecided because you then you've got to wash them. So it's mm. like the you know all the water of yeah that's it the electricity the co2 they're not going into landfill so yeah but i guess they eventually they'll go into landfill i imagine once they've you know i can't use them for the next 40 years hopefully cleansing my face every night pack of 10 they're not gonna last me 40 years (laughs) you have like moth-eaten threads (laughs) granny what are you doing (laughs) through the beard Don't even joke about the beard. My face has got so downy. And now I'm being advertised on social media. Those little knives. Oh, that I've just, got one of those. Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't work. used it. I keep thinking, oh, I really want to use it. But I think... What if it makes I, it worse? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Because when you start plucking, then there seems to and be... And when you're cold and I get a bit of chicken neck, chicken yeah. skin on my chicken, chicken neck, neck, they poke out to the side, they're like whiskers. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, this is getting really bad. There's nothing worse, though, than when you're... I'm like, having the 
quick pluck of the chin you're like oh one's fallen down to my neck no no that's another hair and you're like oh I'll get that one as well do you think how many times are you start having a conversation with someone they're like is that attached is that attached to their neck or are they you know? my friend did that once I had one on my chin and it like I would find it when it was five centimeters long but oh. it was like a yeah, clear just, hair they just come out don't they what the hell was it and she went oh hun you've got a hair and she went to get it and as she got it it pulled on my chin and she was like oh my god and she just burst out laughing and I was like don't let go get it get it pull it out yeah I had one on my cheek and it's just like one day it's not there the next day it's a foot long and you're like oh just the next wind day it up, I'm like, it off. yeah that's the thing isn't it you get older like you get a bit thinner I mean I don't know about anyone else but yeah. I do get a bit thinner on top but it's all gone to my chin <laughs> turn so, you upside down yeah just turn you upside down for my dad <laughs> So thank you for joining me, Kelly, on our first ever Empowered Female podcast. Um, we will be doing one every month. So Kelly and I will be back with some more hilarious, not embarrassing, period-related stories in any scenario in life in which yeah. you've experienced it that you want to share. We will keep you anonymous. We can give you a fake name, whatever you like. Um, but yeah, we would love you to share your stories with us. And um, the details on how to share will be underneath this podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you.